networking is very important. Tell people what you do and how you can help them. Always offer something valuable, but really, more importantly, just tell people what you do. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available? Well, then fund that flip. Today's best ever sponsor has a solution for you. And you know Fun That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak. He's been on the show multiple times, and they have been a previous sponsor, and they love working with the best ever listeners. And they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, Go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Chris Salazar. How you doing, Chris? Hey, doing well, Joe. Glad to be here. Well, nice to have you on the show and a little bit about Chris, and he'll get into it in more detail he graduated college last year. He's done over 50 single-family deals and is now looking to transition to multifamily. Is that true? That's true. Wow. Okay. I'll keep with the bio. I just had to fact check that because <laughs> I had to make sure we're, that's correct. Okay. Has grown his company, which is Arsenal Properties, to $4.7 million in assets under management in under six months. He's in the process of repositioning a 24-unit apartment building and publishes content on real estate. My head is spinning. Holy cow, Chris. Tell us, what is your focus right now? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I just want to correct one thing. We just have about $4 million, not $4.7. We have something under contract. We haven't closed it yet, but just wanted to be clear there. So my background, so I started, I graduated college, what, May 2016. And when I was 20, I did my first wholesale deal. So I found a duplex just completely undervalued. I was able to sell it to a cash buyer within like two hours and I made seven grand in the wholesale fee. So I was pretty pumped off of that and it kind of just got me going. I wholesaled houses through college and then I got the opportunity to work with a local investor who does hundreds of deals a year in my market. My market's the Quad Cities, by the way. What are the Quad Cities? So Davenport, Iowa, in the surrounding area, Moline, Rock Island, Illinois, North Iowa. So that kind of area, that's my main market right now. So from there, after I did my first wholesale deal throughout college, I was still wholesaling, got to working with this investor, learned some of the business. And I went out to a Sean Terry event in Phoenix at the end of October. And I was like, you know what? I have enough knowledge. I know all the tools to do this on my own. I'm just doing it right now. So right after that event, I came back to the Quad Cities and spoke with the guy I was doing acquisitions for. And I told him that it's time for me to go out on my own. I found a partner. And kind of from there, we built it into a pretty sizable portfolio so far. So I'm just really excited to grow it and have the opportunity to do that. You said you started with a duplex. Is that right? Yep. A duplex you, was my first wholesale deal. That was your first wholesale deal. How old are you now and how old were you then? I'm 22 now. I was 20 when I did that. That was in October 2014 was my first deal. Okay. You're 20 years old. You were in college, right? Yep. Where'd you go to college? Augustana College. It's a small liberal arts school in the Quad Cities. Okay. You're in college. You were, what, a, probably a junior in college? 
you did a wholesale deal and then you took that money and did what exactly with it? That money, I just pumped into more marketing. So I increased the marketing, but throughout college, I also was playing football. I started a real estate investment club in my college and I was just so involved that I kind of treated real estate as a hobby at the time. It was just more so a learning experience for me to soak up as much information as I could so that when I really was going full time, I could really go after it. Mm-hmm. Process there. Okay. So you started a real estate investment club in college. You were making money on wholesale deals and you're pumping it back into marketing. At what point did you start putting that money in your pocket so you could then invest in deals? Really, I never actually use any of my own cash in any real estate deal. So for that money, I wasn't doing a ton of deals. I probably did six or seven throughout college. Like I said, it was a hobby. So I was doing those deals and I had to pay a lot of my own bills. So all that money wasn't really being saved as much as it should have been. And it was kind of just living a college kid's life. Okay. So you did six or seven deals. You graduated college. Then you started working with someone who was doing it at a high level, closing on a ton of properties and you were doing the acquisition for him. Then you went to a Sean Terry event in Phoenix less than a year ago. And after that event, you came back to your area and you said, I'm going to venture out on my own, right? Exactly. Okay. What a story so far. We haven't even gotten to the meat of it. So when you got back from the event almost a year ago, how much money did you have in the bank? When I got back from the event, not too much. I can't even really remember. About um, 2,000, 10,000, 30,000, 100,000? Probably 10,000 or so, I'd say. Okay, 10,000. And did you have any properties that you owned? No. Okay, so you got $10,000 in the bank. You don't own any properties. You went to an event. What was it about that event? And how much did the event cost? And what was it about that event that you decided, hey, I want to spend my time and my money to travel to Phoenix to attend? I've just been following Sean Terry. That's how I kind of learned about wholesaling in the first place. So I was listening to all his podcasts. He put out a bunch of great free information and learning from him. I just felt like I should really pay to go down there and meet him and kind of network with all the other people that are doing big things in real estate. So that was kind of my thought process there. And then when I got back, how much did it cost? It was 500, I believe. Not including travel? Not including travel. So all in, you probably spent about $1,000. Yep. And then from there, I was, I mean, a lot of what the key speakers were saying really resonated with me. And I went back and I found a partner and picked up things from there. So it gave me the courage to kind of go out on my own, finally. Did you know your partner prior to attending the event? I did. How'd you meet the partner and how'd you pick that partner versus other partners? This partner, I'm actually friends with his daughter, and that's how I knew him for a few years before. And I was just talking about what I was doing, and he was interested in investing. He's an investor in a lot of different things, a lot of different businesses, and he just kind of gave me the opportunity to do what I'm doing now. What do you bring, and what does he bring to the partnership? I bring all the experience. He's solely just a cash investor. So he just provides the funds for all the deals, and I do all the groundwork. So what was the first deal you two did together? The first deal we did was a single family, three bedroom, cost about 45,000. We put in about 20,000 and it's worth 105. So from there, we were doing all cash deals at the time and we were just refining everything out. Uh, Okay. So you buy it for cash, you fix it up, 
and then you do a cash out refinance, you get your money back and you hold on to it. Exactly. And what type of ownership do you have on that deal? On the company as a whole, I'm a 50% owner. Okay. So everything's 50-50. Cool. With the $20,000 that you put into it, did you swing the hammer? No, I contracted everything out because that was the first deal we closed on. I think that month we closed on several others, so like five more probably. So I kind of just went and took action. I didn't really have all the necessary tools at the time to go do it. I kind of just learned as I went. And thankfully, I bought correctly because I was doing acquisitions prior. So I kind of knew that, how to buy correctly. And I didn't get hurt on that end. But at one point, I was managing like 10 rehabs. I was a general contractor and all of them jumping around, losing a ton of sleep, but learning a ton of the process. And you were doing acquisitions for, what, 12 months, 24 months before you created this company? Yes. I was the acquisitions manager for the guy in the Quad Cities for four months. Four months. Okay. Yeah. Because you said you were doing acquisitions so you knew how to do it correctly. And then I was like, well, wait, he wasn't doing it for very long, (laughs) but four months. Okay. This is good because it will inspire best ever listeners who are thinking maybe they don't have the amount of years under their belt to get done what they want to do. But here we go. We're talking to you and you are going lightning fast through things. Let's talk about the largest deal in terms of price point that you've bought with Arsenal Properties? Sure. The largest deal I've done is a package of 27 homes. Mm-hmm. So that deal, we paid about 1.37 for the package. And I think the after repair value on it is about 2.15. The properties didn't need too much repair, but they were all under rented for the most part. And none of them really had leases. I think a couple only were locked into a lease. So we raised the rents, got some repairs done on the properties, and to stabilize those houses. Was that an all-cash transaction? Yes. And where are you at in the business plan of that deal? We have all the rents up to market. I think all but one of those properties is currently rented right now just because the tenant just recently moved out. So we're turning over that unit, but that's all been fully stabilized. I think the story here is, now that we've gotten a little bit into it, is not as much about your deals, but more about how you were able to convey the confidence and expertise to a high net worth individual who's got the checkbook to pay $1.37 million for a package of 27 homes where you're going to be a 50-50 owner. What do you think about that statement? I would agree. It's definitely a mindset at least for me, the only experience that I had was doing acquisitions for that guy and then just doing several wholesale deals. But throughout that process, I learned how to do a rehab for the most part. But the biggest learning curve was when I just started buying these houses and I was thrown into all the rehabs and really managing contractors and having our property management team oversee everything. It was just a completely different than what I was expecting. It was really tough. and I was working 16-hour days most days, and it was definitely worth it. Definitely failed, but the faster you fail, I guess the faster that you learn and can grow. The gentleman who you're partnering with, you said you're friends with his daughter. How long were you friends with her? And basically, how long did you know him prior to you two partnering up? Four years or so. So college, basically? Yeah, late high school. And what was the first conversation that you had with him about business? He always knew I was interested in real estate. He thought it was interesting that I was doing wholesale deals in college, and he thought that was pretty ambitious for being a student still. And 
I think I know you really trust me, which is great to kind of have that relationship. And I think that's one of the most important things, especially when you're using other people's money is just to be a trustworthy person and really to do the right thing. So for him, our first conversation was just really explaining what I did, what I can do and what I needed. So initially our conversation, I was just hoping to maybe convince him to give me money to do one deal. Mm -hmm. But he had a bigger vision and I'm so glad he did because it turned into something great and we built a solid portfolio in in a short period of time so far. There had to have been some bad news along the way you've had to give him. So what was that bad news and how did that go? My biggest challenge was dealing with the contractors and really putting my trust in some untrustworthy people. He's from Chicago. He wasn't involved in any of the deals, like I said. So I was doing all the groundwork. And the biggest news was that we lost money from a contractor. Take, I mean, just screwing us out of money on a deal or me not vetting the contractors properly in the first place. So that was kind of the biggest. On that one example or multiple examples where you lost money, how much money was lost? And what would you do differently if presented the same scenario? We probably lost three or 4000 on that. So it wasn't a big mistake. But I just learned from that experience to just vet everybody the same way, put them through the same interview process, and really go with my gut feeling on these guys. Before, I I was kind of just taking guys, because I was doing so many projects and I was overwhelmed, I was just putting guys in jobs and really wasn't doing all my due diligence on them as I should have. The package of homes that you mentioned, 27 homes, the ARV is a little over $2 million. You've got about $4 million. So what makes up the second largest chunk of that total assets under management? I think we have two duplexes, but the others are single families. So I think we bought 50, sold off three of them. So we've got 47 properties, actually. What's the macro level plan for it? Is it just continue to buy with cash, fix it up, then refinance out the cash and hold on to them? Yeah, we're starting some of these deals we're doing now that are off market. We're leveraging up front instead of paying cash. But the deals that I'm pulling off the MLS, we're buying those cash. Mm-hmm. What would you tell to a best ever listener who wants to find a partner like the type of partner that you found and have a similar structure? I would say networking is very important. Tell people what you do and how you can help them always offer something valuable, but really more importantly, just tell people what you do and really be excited about it. Have the prior knowledge and have the confidence. I think confidence is very key when it comes to talking to high net worth individuals like this. What is your best real estate investing advice ever based on your experience so far? Set goals and take action. I think if you set your goals ridiculously high and it's a failure, you'll fail above everyone else's successes. So that's a huge quote that I like to go back at. But I've been writing my goals down for a couple of years. It was cool to go back in my journal and actually look at what I wanted to accomplish and what specifically I wrote down. And a lot of the the things I wrote down are coming true. It's really uh, setting in my mind like what I want to accomplish and just taking action on this. I mean, so many people listen to these podcasts or any real estate information out there. They consume everything, but then they just never go out and do it. So I would just say do something. And then another piece of advice is always be willing to give back. So what I like to do also is just talk to other people that are my age really anybody that wants to get involved in real estate deals. And I like to just 
kind of walk them through what I did and how they can apply the same principles and, and do the same thing. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've read? Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Oh, I love that book. Best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal would be a package of 27 properties. It's great. What's a mistake you've made that you haven't talked about that you've learned from? I would say not doing my due diligence, whether it be on people or on a specific property. Really know your numbers, know what you're getting into, and definitely go with your gut when you're dealing with people and putting your trust in them. What specific aspect of knowing your numbers did you mess up on in the example you're thinking of? The repair costs. So I got into a deal where lose money, but we could have made a lot bigger profit on the deal on a flip. It was just me being too novice on everything and and just not knowing my numbers in terms of repair costs. What part of the repair costs was not accurately assessed? There was a foundation issue. That was an additional $9,500, I believe. There was a sewage issue that was a similar cost. Those just blew the budget right away. And I could have just came around that by just getting an inspection done on the property Mm -hmm. instead of being lazy. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Like I mentioned before, I like to help people realize what I do and how they can kind of create the same life by investing in real estate, even whether it be a few properties replacing their monthly income or if they want to create something a lot bigger, it's really possible. What's something that you would tell a best ever listener, hey, this does sound good, but man, you got to watch out for X, Y, Z. I guess getting into something where you don't fully know what can go wrong. Like I knew what I was doing in the sense that I knew how to buy a property correctly. I knew how to mostly evaluate repair costs other than the unknowns that come up. But if you're going to get into something, know all the risks and kind of know exactly the efforts that you're going to have to put into it, or at least for the most part, before you actually get into it. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? I have a website. It's chrisjsalazar.com. My cell phone number's on there as well. And my email is chris at chrisjsalazar.com. Do you currently have a meetup locally? I know you said you started an investment club while in college. Yep. That was just specific to my college. I still speak at that every year, but locally there are a couple I speak at them sometimes, but mm-hmm. I live in Chicago now. Well, Chris, incredibly impressive. Bravo. I'm clapping. Congratulations on what you've done in an incredibly short amount of time. Your story is an inspiration. This truly is a story of your determination, how you got out of the gate really quickly while working and doing wholesaling in college. 
started a real estate investment club in college. And the relationships that you've built in a short amount of time have resulted in some lasting benefits. And when we talked about how you had a conversation with the gentleman whose daughter you know, you knew her for four years, so indirectly you probably knew him for about four years or so. And some of the things you think that really solidified the partnership was him being interested in how active you were in college doing wholesale deals. You also started an investment club. And then the trust factor too. You mentioned how you like to give back and talk to others as well as having that confidence based on the stuff that you've been doing along the way. So really just a fascinating story. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have the best every day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks for having me. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.